Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. <laughs> is, it, is it right for you? It's right for me? Yeah, right. I'm gonna miss those. Those are pretty fun, aren't they? And uh, you know, we have a little fun with the gospel. The gospel ought to be a little fun. You know why? Because it's good news. It's good news, and it's good news that we need. So we've been having some fun, and that's, I'm going to miss those, uh, those ads. Uh, but I tell you, if any of these drugs pop up out there on the market, I'm going to know that that company owes me some money. Um, we are finishing up our series, Good Medicine, and I'm going to read to you from Galatians chapter 5. I encourage you to open your Bibles to Galatians 5, and I'm going to read verses 13 to 26. It'll be in front of you. Uh, but as we go to the Word of God, as we open the Word of God here and at home, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we pray that as we open these pages that you would that you'd open our minds, that you would open our hearts. Because, Jesus, we don't need another voice among all the voices that are talking to us and barking at us. What we need, Jesus, is to hear your voice, your word, your truth, your grace from heaven speaking into our lives. We need to hear you, and we know that you do speak to us by your living word. So please come, Holy Spirit, and open our hearts to hear from Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Galatians 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that, what you, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other. This is God's word, and we're grateful. Amen? Uh, church, it's good to be with you here finishing up this Good Medicine series, talking about Morapax. And you can guess Morapax, more what? More peace. We need more peace 
more peace in our lives. As we round the corner to Thanksgiving, we're giving thanks that God has given us things like the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace, that God is building good things into our lives. And, and man, we need more peace. Usually we, uh, we teach preachers and we say, hey, um, if you're gonna preach, you've gotta kinda, at the beginning of the message, you've gotta convince people that what you're saying is worth listening to. Like they're gonna need what you're telling them. You can't just assume that because people are sitting there and they're listening, you know, and you're talking, you can't assume that they're listening. Amen. How many were? How many of you are already drifting off? So we say to our preachers, like, yeah, you were. Thank you. Well, come on back. And uh, we say to our preachers, uh, look, you got to give people kind of a thirst for this. Like, this is something you need. So you better listen. You better listen to this because you're going to need it. Now today I'm talking about peace. Do I need to make a big argument for your need for peace? Do you need me to build like a whole lot of? you know, like, like argumentation that you're gonna need peace in your life? Anybody need that? I think we need peace. We know we need peace. Man, we need more peace. Peace flying in over the horizon, coming to land on our house. We need peace. We need peace coming up under us like a foundation stone, amen? We need peace growing within us. And that inner part of your heart that just sometimes feels like an empty eggshell, like, where everything is trembling. We need peace that's growing up within us to strengthen us, to hold us steady. We need more peace. Church, here's the deal. This passage, what this passage is saying is that God is building peace into your life. That peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That, that as you hold on to Christ, as you abide in Christ, as you, as you sort of grasp Christ and you hold on to him and he holds on to you and you stay attached to him like a vine to a branch that the Holy Spirit is flowing into your life like the blood through your veins, like sap through a tree. It's carrying vitality. It's carrying nutrients. It's carrying building blocks. And the Spirit is at work in your life to build something and it's gonna come. And it's maybe not right now, maybe not this minute, maybe not this afternoon, but it's coming. The Lord is building this into your life and eventually, in season, in time, you're gonna see it emerge. This beautiful, colorful, fragrant, heavy fruit of peace. Peace. Do you need it? Amen. Now, what are the promises of Jesus? Jesus, did Jesus promise that you would live a perfectly peace-filled life? Did he promise that? No. In fact, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. In, this, in the older translations, you will have tribulation. That doesn't sound good, right? You will have pain. But in that, he also said, you're gonna have peace. Last week, we were pretty close to this passage in John, and John 16, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have, what? Peace. So you may have peace. That's why I'm telling you this stuff, says Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen? Who can say that? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Take heart, I've overcome the world. So in the, in the pain and the turmoil, what Jesus is saying is, you're gonna also have 
peace. Jesus lived the perfect life, the perfect life. Did Jesus live a trouble-free life? No, but Jesus was a man of perfect peace. Remember the story when uh, he went out with his disciples uh, in a boat across the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up and the boat was all pitching and, and yawning and all of those other sailor terms and, and sort of sliding across the waves and the water was coming up over the bow and coming up over the gunnels and the disciples were, their little disciple socks were all getting soaked with water. Remember that? And, and what, was, what was Jesus doing during all that? He was asleep. Asleep. Not just being there, you know, chill either. Asleep. Now, how do you have that kind of peace? How do you attach to that kind of calm? How do you have that kind of extra-worldly serenity? Jesus was a man of perfect peace. J.B. Phillips wrote, it's refreshing and salutary. That means it's good for you. <laughs> to study the poise and quietness of Christ. Just to look at it. Uh, his task and responsibility might well have driven a man out of his mind, but he was never in a hurry, never impressed by numbers, never a slave of the clock. Isn't that true? You read the stories of Jesus, and all along the way, he's never hurrying. He's never frantic. He's never rushing. He's never, you know, looking at the clock. I got to get out of here. He's never, he's never troubled, really, in spirit. The only times that Jesus is troubled in spirit is when he sees that you and I are troubled in spirit. And he's troubled in spirit because we're troubled in spirit. He says, why are you troubled in spirit? You don't have to be troubled in spirit. Believe in me. Do not be afraid. Jesus, a man of perfect peace. He's, you read through the Gospels, he is perfectly embodying this verse in Isaiah. Isaiah 23, 6. You keep him in perfect... Church, I bet you want to read this with me, don't you? You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace. Jesus never promised that your life would be peaceful. But what he promised was that in this life, in him, you can be full of peace. Full of peace in the middle of whatever's going on. Peace. It's in that same kind of talk in John 14 where Jesus had said to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give it as the world gives. This is a different deal. This is different from what you find in the world. This is something that I do and I don't give it as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. My peace I give to you, he says. Do you see that? Max Lucado in a book called Anxious for Nothing writes, he bestows upon us the peace of God. Note, this is not peace from God, like God shipped it to you, two-day shipping. You got it on your front step, now you gotta figure out what to do with it. How does this work? It's not peace from God. Our Father gives us the very peace of God, he says. He downloads the tranquility of the throne room into our world, resulting in an inexplicable calm. We should be worried, but we aren't. We should be upset, but we're comforted. The peace of God transcends all logic, scheming, and efforts to explain it. You see, it comes down from God, it downloads from God. It's like this alien force, it's this alien technology that the world can't really explain. Like, how does this work? 
Why? It's because it's been downloaded from God into your life. It's a gift from him. This kind of peace, Max Lucado wrote, is not a human achievement. It's a gift from above. You know what else is a gift from above? The fruit of the Spirit. God builds us into our lives. Church, I, wanna, I, wa- I want to tap into that kind of peace. Don't you? I want to be a man that whatever's going on in my life, whatever's happening in my family, whatever's going on in my, in my job, or in the world, I want to be a man who is, is, is just tapped into that perfect peace from God. And that perfect peace from God is tapped into me, and I'm, I'm connected to it. And whatever happens, whatever's going on all around me, I can rest in a supernatural serenity and calm. Don't you want that, church? Don't you want that? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Read it with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law against that. And that's our passage this morning, Galatians 5. It's where we've lived all month, the fruit of the Spirit. And interestingly, it begins this passage with this claim of freedom, freedom. Galatians is sometimes called the freedom letter. And that's where this begins. Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be what? Free. Free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, Is there some biting and devouring going on? Has anybody witnessed any biting, any devouring? Come on. Watch out, you'll you'll consume one another. God in Christ, he purchases your freedom. You are free. You're free. And whatever sort of cage you got yourself stuck in, whatever, uh, whatever cavern you backed yourself into, whatever prison that you felt locked into, and you said, I'm stuck here now, and there's no way I'm ever going to get out. God has come to that prison in Jesus Christ, and he has grabbed that door and has ripped it from its hinges. He has pulled those bars from the wall. And I'm telling you, in the victories of Jesus Christ, whatever holds you, you think holds you by chains, you are not held by chains. You are are free in Christ. Amen? Amen? You are free. And so now you step out of that place where you were trapped and, and constrained and thought, I can never have these gifts of God in my life. I can never live into what I want to be or, or who God has called me to be. And now those doors are ripped off and you step out into your freedom. And you're free. what am I going to do now? You see, now you've got a choice. With all my freedom, am I going to indulge my flesh? Am I going to gratify my own desires? I mean, I'm free. Or am I going to walk in the way of God? Am I going to say, I'm free. 
because the Lord in Jesus Christ has purchased my life. He has paid for my life. I am bought and paid for by the ransom of Jesus Christ and I belong to him and I'm freely giving myself into all of his purposes to love God and love one another. That's the choice. And what this passage is telling you, church, is that as you make that choice right now, as you make that choice, which way are you gonna go? You're free. Jesus has come and he has set you free. When you make that choice, this is a pivotal choice in your life. You can go and indulge and gratify the flesh, as it says, indulge your, your desires. Or you can serve God. And as you make that choice, what this passage is claiming is that you are choosing right there between calm and chaos. Between peace and turmoil. Between serenity and an ever-bubbling anxiety that you just can't free yourself from. You're choosing. Which way are you going to go? Because if you indulge your desires, if you indulge the flesh, as it says, you're free. You have, if you use your freedom to indulge the flesh, to seek your own pleasures, your own convenience, your own desires, you will pitch yourself into chaos. But if you follow in God's ways, if you follow in the Spirit, if you follow God's wisdom, walking in the ways of God in wisdom, it will, friends, the way that God has ordered and structured life in this world, walking in God's ways, it will protect you from many disastrous effects. You and your family, those around you. Not all, not all, but many disastrous effects. So pick which way. Paul's a good leader. He says, oh, you're picking? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'd pick. If you're picking between gratifying your own desires and walking into self-destructive chaos and walking in the way of God and walking in line with the Spirit, I'll go ahead and tell you what I would choose. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The two are in conflict with one another, he says. They don't sit in the same room together. They're in conflict. And we don't want conflict. We've got enough conflict. It's not hard to rustle up some conflict, is it? Can we find some? What we want is peace. Peace is the value. We want peace. Now we get to the list. Because let me help you choose. Paul says, let me show you what's down that road. We get to the list. This is the bad list. Starting, this is the bad list starting on verse 19. This is a list that I guarantee none of you has highlighted in your Bible. I guarantee it. Jeff will give you 20 bucks if you've got it highlighted in your Bible. <laughs> the list. Oh, my goodness. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. That's just where it starts. It's obvious, this stuff. You know, when you, when you step out in your freedom and say, well, it's all about gratifying my flesh. It's all about gratifying my desires. It's all about just doing whatever I want to do. This is the stuff that starts to, to filter up in your life. This is the start, stuff that starts to emerge in your life. And it's so, it's so exciting. It, it promises so much satisfaction. It's, 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 it acts like it's going to be so much fun. It shines so bright, but it leaves you blinded. It leaves you regretful and sick to your stomach. It hurts you. It hurts the people around you. You know this. 
And the list goes on. Idolatry. Idolatry. What's that? Taking something in the, in the world and just putting it up on a pedestal and saying, this is my God. This is more important to me than the Lord my God. You hold on to that thing instead of holding on to Jesus. Witchcraft. We've got this tendency to try to spin the spiritual powers to our favor. How can I spin the spiritual wheel and make it come out a win for me? Witchcraft. Don't think that's just something in the past. Hatred. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Church, is this the stuff that we want growing in our garden? And why do you water those seeds? Morning after morning, day after day. Why do you water those seeds? On it goes dissensions, you know, selfish ambition. I almost skipped that one. Selfish ambition. That's me above everybody. I'm number one. If it works for me, it works. Full stop. And I don't care if it works for you or not. Because if it works for me, then it works. Selfish ambition. I'm over you. I'm the most important one in the room. And if it stops working for me, well, then forget my prior commitments to you, my prior promises to walking with you. If it stops working for me, I'm out. Bye. Step on your neck on the way to the door. Selfish ambition is all I've got. Dissensions, factions, and envy. Church, it's amazing what we're fighting about. Isn't it? Aren't you just amazed? I mean, aren't you impressed with humanity? Like, wow, what an enormous new thing to fight about. You know, how did we come up with it? We're so creative. It's really fantastic. There's so much that we fight about. I think COVID has made us absolute experts at this. Dissensions and factions and envy and just, I want to find something. I want to find something to, to make, build a faction about. Give me anything. Give me something that I can say, hey, everybody is with me. Come on over here. Jump in my bunker because we're going to start firing off at those people. You know, let's tell some stories about how terrible they are because we're against them. Dissensions and factions, you know, they're just there to just feed your flesh. They're just there to gratify the desires of your flesh. Dissensions and factions and, and envy and drunkenness, orgies and the like. Church, this isn't the kingdom of God. This isn't the life that Christ has for you. And we keep dipping back into it. I know we do. Even those of us who are following Christ, we keep dipping back into this stuff. We slide back into it. This isn't what God has for us. Dissensions, factions, hatred, fits of rage, all this toxic stuff that we take in that we know God doesn't want it for us. We slide back into it. To quote uh, one of America's favorite mustached afternoon TV counselors, How's that going for you? You with me? How's that going for you? Does it bring you peace? Church, that's the, <laughs> that's the list. That is the, that's the uh, soil in the, in the pot, okay? That's the, if I can put it this way, that is the uh, fragrant, uh, natural, organic material <laughs> that, that we put in the pot. And there's plenty of it in the world. Are you with me? That's the mess. That's the stink. And you're not going to have to walk far to step in some. 
But out of that, it's out of that that God grows these beautiful flowers for the fruit of the Spirit. That's when we come to it. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's like, it's like a, a nine-rose bouquet, isn't it? And it drops into the world and it doesn't make sense. It comes right out of all this stuff that we just listed, all that mess. And here come the fruit of the Spirit, like this beautiful flowery bouquet. Now the scripture asks you today and I ask you, which one do you want to pick? Which way do you want to go? It's right here in verse 24. Paul says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, I'm telling you, that is decisive. That is, that is a full-throated declaration. I'm not going to sort of dip into this and then dip into that. I'm not going to try this for a while and then roll back into some, a little bit of church life or Christian life. I'm not going to walk with Jesus for a week and then think, okay, now I'm going to go into this other realm and, and jump into this, this pot full of mess. No, I have crucified those desires. I've put them on the cross. I, if as much power as I've got in me, I want to kill that stuff in my life. I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't want the desire of it in my life. I don't want the memory of it in my life. I'm going to permanently put that on the cross and walk away from it because I belong to Jesus Christ and his freedom won for me. How am I going to make it one step? only by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And what do we find? We find the fruit of the Spirit. More peace. The peace of Christ. Church, today is a pretty special day for First Pres. Um, if, you, if you don't know Jim Desjardins, I bet most of you do, but uh, today is Jim DeJarnette's last day leading worship over in the sanctuary. He's led worship for the last time by himself. He'll be here next week, and we've got a, a new leader taking the reins on that side of the house named Jamal Saracoki, and uh, we're going to have like a passing of the baton. Uh, but this was finally sort of that last moment to say thank you to Jim and Barb of 39 years of faithful service. But what I want to share with you is this, because you'd think that I'm just putting him in the sermon just to be nice, you know. And the guy put in 39 years, put me in the sermon every now and then, you know. But, but I mean this when I say this. And I hope you've got this kind of a person in your life. But Jim, for me, he's an embodiment of this, of calm in the middle of the storm, of peace that passes understanding, of a heart that is just settled on Christ, like a, you know, like a gyroscope that like no matter where it twists, there's something in there that's sort of settled and flat, does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's fine. <laughs> like whatever the, whatever's going on, you know, and I knew it from the minute I met him. And I stepped into worship with him. There's all this chaos and all this stuff you're thinking about all going on. And Jim would just get in front of the choir. He'd raise his arms. Whoop. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, voila! Perfect harmony and order and beauty comes pouring out. But that that he does on Sunday morning is just an emblem of his life. Jim and I, we've walked for five and a half, now six years together, and we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of changes at work, a lot of conflict, a lot of you know, trouble in our, our homes, unexpected accidents, pervas- persistent illnesses, all that jazz. COVID-19, 
Our choir stopped singing together for 14 months. And all along the way, I had Jim on the deck of the ship with me. And, and uh, so it's, a, it's kind of a special day. I hope you've got somebody like that in your life. How do you find calm like that in the middle of the storm? How do you stand up on the, the deck of a ship that's, that's getting pitched over the waves and it's getting thrown this way and pushed that way and it's sliding across the surface of the water and the wind and the storm and somehow you just stand on the deck of that ship and you've got a calm, you've got a serenity, you've got a confidence, you've got your feet under you, not because of anything that makes sense in the world. It's like it's dropped in from heaven like this alien DNA, like this alien technology that you can't make sense of, you see? How do you find that? Friends, you find it in Jesus. You find it in Jesus Christ who has won that peace for you. You find it in Christ. Love, joy, and peace. Well, love. Jesus took on all the hatred so that you could know the love. Joy. Jesus took on all the sadness, the deepest sadness, so that you could have joy. And what about peace? Jesus took all of the, the tumult and the turmoil and, and the, the chaos and all that hatred and, and, and vile, you know, vitriol and anger and dissension and faction, all that junk that we talked about in the world. He took that all on himself. Why? So that you could know peace. So that you could know peace. Max Lucado, again, he wrote this. He said, Jesus promises you his vintage of peace, the peace that calmed his heart when he was falsely accused. The peace that steadied his voice when he spoke to Pilate. The peace that kept his thoughts clear and heart pure as he hung on the cross. This was his peace. This can be your peace. Church, your life won't be peaceful, but in your life you can be full of peace. So you abide in Christ and he establishes his peace in your heart. Jesus, he took all that on himself. Isaiah saw it coming. He said there would be coming a, a, a coming Messiah, a suffering servant, one from God who would take and absorb the hostility of the world to establish the peace of God. This is what Isaiah wrote hundreds of years before Jesus was born. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us, what church? The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. How do you find peace in the middle of a storm, a place to stand firm and secure? full night's sleep in a world of chaos and tumult and all spun up and twisted. Where do you find it? You find it in Jesus. Jesus has won it for you. So finally, church, love and joy and peace. What are these? Are these little, little fruity candy gumdrops to distract you from the bitterness of the real world in which we live? Is that what love, joy, and peace are? Or is this the real stuff? Is this strength straight from Christ, the strength we need to stand up in this world? 
love, joy, and peace. I want to ask you, what if, every, what if every follower of Christ, every believer in Jesus, every man, woman, and child that calls on Jesus Christ, what if we came walking out of our places of worship today and out into this world, and we came walking out of this church full of love, love, otherworldly love, love even for enemies? What if we came walking out of our places of worship and into the world, and we were demonstrating that we were full of joy, a joy, an exuberance for life, a vitality for the, the colors and flavors of things. But what a beautiful world God has given us, this joy, and it was on your face. What if you walked out of this, this church this, and you, you went into your world, you went back, and it's such that, you know, your friends at school, they can see it on your face, they can see it in your life. Your people at work, they can't help it, but see that there's something in you that's different, that you walk into this world with all of its mess and all of its chaos, and you're standing there in the deck of the ship with this calm, serenity, this peace, that it, it doesn't make sense. The world can't make sense of it. I don't understand where you get that. I don't understand where you build that. It's got to be some kind of alien technology dropped in from outer space. Because it is. It's come to you from God. Love and joy and peace. I'm telling you, church, this is, this is the warrior talk. This is the infiltration this is us standing up to the world the way it is and saying, in a world that stands for hate, I'm solid in love. In a world that pitches itself toward despair, I'm rooted in joy. In a world that wants to cause all kinds of pain and, and pitch people against each other and cause people to war and bite and devour each other, I tell you what, I'm standing strong in the peace of the Lord because I'm an emissary of a coming king. I'm infiltrating this world with this kingdom. You want to win the battle in this world for Jesus? Stay rooted in love and joy and peace. Lord, may it be so. We're so grateful. May it be so that our roots go deep into the soil and that you find us, Jesus, and you start pouring into us the vitality of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as we hold on to you, as we abide in you, as we clutch to you like a vine to the branch, let us never let go, Jesus, and don't let go of us as we hold on to you day by day through the storms, through the turmoil, through the pain. Let your Holy Spirit come pouring into our lives, pouring through our veins, into our lives, filling us up with your vitality, with the building blocks of your beautiful, fragrant, colorful, and glorious fruit that we can stand for you in a world so darkened and painful. Lord, may it be. May it be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.